morning. Happy Sunday and welcome to Holy Trinity. We are so glad you are here and we welcome you whether this is your first time or you come every Sunday, whether you're just checking out church or you love church, everyone is welcome here. In addition to a welcome, we also in this congregation stand against things like ra racism and xenophobia and ageism and many of the ages or the isms and we seek to be a people of God who make a difference in our daily lives in the world. A couple announcements. If you are attending the forum on the Bach Passions, please uh, leave after worship and use this exit door and there's a stair stairwell and you may, you may begin um, eating the soup already. Also, uh, this coming Wednesday at 7 p.m., we will be uh, celebrating Holden Evening Vespers for Lent. And you're welcome to join us for that service this coming Wednesday at 7 p.m. We have some information about uh, the coronavirus and worship on page two, so please note that. But today, as things are evolving in our country and with various um, recommendations from denominations and churches today, we are going to not be shaking hands, but invite you to do a, a bow at the peace, which is great for our congregation because we love to bow anyway. So at that point, you may say, peace be with you, in a little bow like this, and same at the door. When you receive the bread, please uh, place your hands like this so the bread may be placed in your hand. And um, there's information about the, the wine. It is always okay to receive communion in one kind, just the bread. The common cup is the most sanitary because it's a silver cup and it's wiped and there's a high alcohol, alcohol level sherry used during Lent. The intinction less so, but please use your own discretion and make your own decision regarding uh, communion distribution this morning.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. O God, our leader and guide, in the waters of baptism, you bring us to new birth, to live as your children. Strengthen our faith in your promises, that by your spirit, we may lift up your life to all the world. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Genesis. The Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Word of God, word of life.
in Romans. What are we to say was gained by Abraham, our ancestor according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now to one who works, wages are not reckoned as a gift, but as something due. But to one who without works trusts God, who justifies the ungodly, such faith is reckoned as righteousness. For the promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or to his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. If it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, neither is there violation. For this reason, it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all Abraham's descendants, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham, for he is the father of all of us, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom Abraham believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Word of God, word of life. There was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jewish people. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, Now how can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. 
What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said, How can these things be? And Jesus answered him, You are a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God loved the world in this way, that God gave the Son, the only begotten one, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Nearly a year ago now, my significant other Cassie and I were hiking through the Great Smoky Mountains in North Carolina and Tennessee. I had the responsibility of planning our route. I imagined beautiful winding trails, gradual slopes, gentle streams. What we got was cold and damp conditions, steep inclines, and gushing mountain streams. Reality is harsh sometimes. Our second day on the trail, we got started a little late. And after nine hours of hiking uphill the whole way, with our lives packed into backpacks that weigh between 60 and 70 pounds, we arrived at our final mile marker of the day. And as I have planned it, we have about a mile to go. The map lied. It was more like two miles. The only issue, really, is that the sun is beginning to slip ever so gently and silently beneath the distant horizon. With every footstep, the light becomes more and more dim as it is filtered through the tree branches. We decide to pull out our trusty headlamps, as any sensible person would do. Only these sensible people forgot to check the batteries. <laughs> and the headlamps died in seconds. We were hiking at night in the forest, and it was so dark 
that you could hardly see your hand in front of your face. Every step was filled with anxiety. What if we run into a bear? What if there's a low-hanging branch or one of us twists an ankle? What if we're lost? Lost. The thought had crossed my mind at sunset, but now that the sun was down and we can't see anything, the thought has made a home in my mind. Lost. You know, I've been accustomed to giving Nicodemus slack. The pious Pharisee goes to Jesus under the cloak of night when it's so unlikely that he will be seen. But did Nicodemus go to Jesus after dark? Or did he go to Jesus in a spiritual nighttime? I've been accustomed to rebuking Nicodemus. He only believes what he sees, citing Jesus' miracles as proof of his identity. It is only through seeing that Nicodemus has come to faith. And his faith, having been based only on his concrete perceptions, was unstable as he feels lost. If I'm honest with you, while I look for myself in this story, I do not find myself as a bystander silently bearing witness. I do not find myself standing behind Christ cheering him on. I find myself not as a follower of Nicodemus stealthily sneaking behind him as he finds his way to Christ. I do find myself standing in Nicodemus' very shoes. I want to believe what I perceive. The words that I hear, the sights that I see, the things that I touch. I want to be able to rely on my senses to give me information and that information to be reliable. But what happens when our senses are not enough? One step at a time, my eyes squinted to make out the faintest of light as it dances across the slippery stones. Gently, with my toes first, I feel my way down the trail and through the forest. I could not see, and the sense of being lost has sunken into my bones. Nicodemus didn't understand what Jesus was talking about. He couldn't see it. He couldn't hear it. He couldn't feel it. Being born from above, water and spirit, Nicodemus could not envision these concepts in his mind. A lost Nicodemus struggles with the teaching Jesus presented and his feeling of being lost persists. What makes us feel lost? Political climate that is more aggressive than it is democratic stirs up our eager search for stability. A society that is deeply divided causes our desperate search for community. The coronavirus has been made out to be a monster that incites dread, fear, and even panic. We can't see the trail. We feel lost.
As we continue to venture through life and Lent, some of us prepare for baptism, and others of us prepare to renew our baptismal vows at the Easter Vigil. Many of us worry about the coming election. All of us live in the shadow of unjust systems. Our sense of being lost is profound, and so too is our desire for stable ground. In our feeling lost, Christ offers us a word, a word that has been called the gospel within the gospel, a word that makes regular appearances at sporting events, a word that has become the slogan, the mantra, the catchphrase of the Christian faith. John 3.16, that God so loved the world in this way that God gave the Son the only begotten one, that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. But is this the comfort that we seek? The word Christ offers us to calm our anxious beings, to me, stirs up some questions. What about people who are never given the gift of faith? What about the people who have been hurt by the church? What about the people who die in infancy? What about the people who never profess the faith? What about the rest of creation? The word that was intended for comfort might just increase the sense of being lost. While John 3.16 has been the battle cry of the Christian faith, God's grace is more fully revealed as we continue reading. John 3.17 Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. We may feel lost, but we can find comfort in the knowledge that Christ's mission was not and is not to condemn, but to give life. Eventually, long after the sun had gone down and our flashlights went out, the trail led us through the feeling of being lost to the campsite, our place of rest that evening. I like to think that as Nicodemus leaves Jesus and that conversation he finds himself in a place of comfort amidst the feeling being lost. And now, we hold our feelings of being lost and the comfort that faith provides. Our faith may not bring an end to the feeling of being lost, but it will be a source of comfort. And so, as you feel lost this Lent, keep going, read on, and know that God has come as near as your very breath to give you rest. Amen.
returning to our baptism, let us confess our faith. I believe in God. In these days of Lenten spring, let us pray for the world, the church, and for all people according to their needs. that all nations and families of earth may be blessed, and that mutual respect and understanding may flourish among Jews, Muslims, Christians, and people of other faiths. Hear us, O God. That you bless those preparing for baptism and affirmation of baptism at Easter. Hear us, O God. that we faithfully care for the earth and work for a just sharing of its resources, hear us, O God. That all who suffer in mind, body, or spirit may know God's healing and mercy. We remember especially the Modal family, Mark, those suffering from the coronavirus, and those that we name silently or in our hearts. Hear us, O God, that you strengthen this assembly to give witness to your love for the world and all creation. Hear us, O God. We give thanks for Blessed Mary, Gregory the Great, Harriet Tubman, Sojourner Truth, and all of your holy ones who have been brought from darkness to light. Bring us to new birth through Christ lifted on the cross for our salvation. Hear us, O Lord. Your mercy is great. Hear our prayers, O merciful God, as we eagerly await the day of resurrection and rebirth through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us confess our sins in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we 
in the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace of Christ be with you always. Thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, 
that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ. You call your people to cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Paschal Feast, that renewed in the gift of baptism, we may come to the fullness of your grace. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending God, creator of our wilderness world, O God, savior of the lost, O God, comforter of the sick and suffering, we give you thanks for your everlasting might. We glorify you for your covenant of mercy. For 40 days, you cleansed the earth with the waters of the flood. We praise you, O God. We praise you, O God. For 40 days, you illumined Moses with the words of your law. We praise you, O God. We praise you, O God. For 40 years, you fed your people with manna from heaven. We praise you, O God. We praise you, O God. You became truly human in Jesus, our brother. For 40 days, with fasting and prayer, he renounced the power of Satan. On the night before he died, he took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks and gave it for all to drink saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, poured out for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. We extol his life. Amen. 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 We lament his death. Amen. Amen. We celebrate his resurrection. Amen. Amen. Transform us, O God, with your lively spirit. Make this food into manna for our journey, the body and blood of your son. Save us, O God. Save us, O God. Grant us with the Ninevites 40 days of repentance. Save us, O God. Save us, O God. Teach us your words of wisdom and justice. Save us, O God. Save us, O God. Renew the whole earth with baptismal grace. Save us, O God. Save us, O God. At the last, Lead all your pilgrim people through our deserts to your Easter garden. 
To you, O God, creator, savior, comforter, father, son, be our worship and praise, adoration and thanksgiving, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. hungry, come and eat the bread of life. All who are thirsty, come, drink the cup of salvation.
compassionate God, you have fed us with the bread of heaven. Sustain us in our Lenten pilgrimage. May our fasting be hunger for justice, our alms the making of peace, and our prayer the song of grateful hearts through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. May Christ, who calls you to take up your cross, give you strength to bear your own and one another's burdens. And may God bless you now and forever in the strong name of the Holy Trinity, one God.